Welcome to the Weights and Measures podcast. What you are about to hear is a summary of a subject that you've likely heard of before, but likely still find mysterious or deeply confusing. It's a subject that the great majority of people understandably do not take seriously yet, considering its monumental size, complexities, newness, and apparent controversial nature. So first, let's establish a backdrop and provide the necessary context that will allow the seeds of knowledge to take root and separate the hype from reality. I want to apologize in advance for stringing you along here for a few minutes, but it's important to give some context before I share with you what it is that we're even talking about. The information presented here is a culmination of hundreds of different sources, both by people long past and currently living. And some of it may seem controversial at first, but after investigating, you'll realize that your previous understanding may have been slightly wrong, and that's okay. We'd consider this process to be what's called personal growth. Perhaps the most significant barrier of entry into this complicated subject is finding credible information. Newcomers begin their education and often end up hearing from less-than-ideal sources that leave people with the wrong conclusions, like a broken compass unknowingly leading people astray. As we progress through the show, we'll present you with what's most likely a new perspective on the subject that you haven't heard before. It's a perspective grounded in thousands of hours of studying history, economics, finance, cryptography, math, and game theory, which are subjects most people know the basics of but don't typically do a deep dive, probably because they're not all that relevant in our day-to-day life. Everyone has blind spots, after all. We aim to reveal a major blind spot that requires your attention and show how the world stands at a crossroad. Whether they know it or not, everyone alive will participate. A handful of high-quality sources that were foundational in our early stages and that we recommend everyone to go check out are the works from Nick Szabo, George Selgin, Lawrence White, and Neil Ferguson. If you don't have the time or interest to look up their works, at least know that those sources are where we got a good chunk of our information from, as they're often regarded as some of the best sources on the planet, referenced by many as a sort of North Star to gain understanding on the subject that we'll be diving into. And names like Adam Back, Saifedean Amus, Pierre Richard, Michael Goldstein, Jeff Booth, Parker Lewis, and Robert Breedlove are a few more names that were foundational in our journey to this point. We realize that the average person is busy with daily life, reaching goals, providing for their family, traveling to interesting places, or just kicking their feet up and enjoying a good movie. We get that. That's actually why we made this show as a sort of nudge to the person who's busy living their life and is unaware that the world is changing around them. Said differently, we, and millions like us, firmly believe that a new technology has already changed the world and reached a critical point of adoption that it can no longer be stopped. But, like an incorrect diagnosis from a doctor, this technology is still hiding in plain sight, misdiagnosed by the vast majority of people who see it for something that it's not. And as we all know, change waits for no one and will leave people behind that don't adapt to the change. Ignorance is not always bliss. Certain technological change is okay to ignore, like say getting a new iPhone every year, but other change can be costly to ignore, like ignoring gunpowder and choosing to defend yourself with a bow and arrow in the early 1800s. Skipping the iPhone 13 and waiting for the new one won't impact you all that much. 
but your enemy adopting gunpowder and attacking you with a better technology would undoubtedly impact you. The difference between these two examples is that the iPhone is considered consumer technology, meaning an improved version comes out each year or so. But gunpowder was fundamentally a new technology that changed the world drastically with its adoption, shifting the power of violence and force away from knights in armor behind castle walls to scattered gunmen and cannons in the distance. Gunpowder was what's called a forcing function on everyone, and to complain or try and argue against the adoption of gunpowder was a waste of time and costly to those who refused to accept that the world had changed. Understanding these distinctions is step one on this journey into a subject that has proven to be tricky for most people, as it sits at an intersection of uncommon subject fields, and requires dozens of hours of study to even begin to understand this new innovation and how it works under the hood. It's sort of like an optical illusion for the mind. Upon first glance, an optical illusion looks to be one thing, but after focusing on it for a few, you realize that there's a second image hidden within. Go ahead and look up optical illusion pictures if you haven't, they're quite a bit of fun. Optical illusions serve as a helpful metaphor because they reveal that things may not be as they appear at first glance. Our minds are easily tricked and deceived. This is widely known and thousands of studies have revealed this to be undeniably true. The goal of the show was to not persuade or sell you on anything, but to offer an alternative perspective on a widely misunderstood and disruptive innovation sweeping the globe. And again, it requires your attention. This innovation is so powerful that it will not only change the world, but may end up being one of the most critical and beneficial inventions in human history. And yet, it's clouded in a thick smokescreen of mischaracterizations and made-up narratives by those who oppose it. It's important to realize that this is how it goes for any new disruptive innovation. Most of the technologies we use each day went through an early phase of doubt and uncertainty before becoming commonplace. Here are a few examples. The newspaper and media industries hated the internet once the first websites began to gain popularity because it allowed people to get the news without them. And movie rental stores like Blockbuster hated the idea of streaming shows rather than renting physical copies because it made their thousands of stores and millions of CDs across the nation useless. And the taxi industry hated Uber when it first became popular because it cut into their profits and their monopoly of giving people car rides. These few examples highlight that, despite the pushback from large established industries, that new disruptive technologies still took over. And it's key to realize why the established industries hate the new ones. Because it's a threat to them. It threatens their business, and so they understandably resist, because they will soon become replaced by something better, and they see it. So they fight it. They push out advertisements claiming the new emergent innovation is deficient and doomed to fail. There are endless examples of this throughout history, and it's crucial to make note of it and apply this realization to our present world, because change is happening all around us and it's faster than ever before. And just like ignoring the latest iPhone versus ignoring gunpowder, ignoring certain changes can come with a considerable cost. Even the people that hated gunpowder for what it could do missed that it was simply too valuable and gave those who used it such an advantage over those who refused to use it that it forced everyone to adapt or be conquered. Making gunpowder requires the combination of potassium nitrate, sulfur, and charcoal, so to try to ban it or stop it from being used was pointless and impossible. We hope to bring to your attention something that, if ignored, 
will continue to bring a significant sense of regret in ways that will become increasingly obvious over the coming decades, but may not be obvious right now. The challenge is most people have already made up their minds on this technology and consider it a joke. They think it's a speculative gamble for risk takers, or bad for the environment, or a tool for criminals and tax evaders. But that's why we made this show. Because after spending thousands of hours of study that involved actively searching for ways this innovation would possibly fail, we stumbled upon something so powerful and world-changing that it was hard to believe at first. And it didn't happen overnight, or over a month, or even over a year. It took multiple years to arrive at this current perspective, and we are both thrilled and cautious to share it with you. Thrilled because of all the benefits that come with it. Benefits that will help every living soul on the planet, every company, every charity, and every government. We are cautious because we are aware of the consequences of being right. We feel a great sense of responsibility sharing with you what it is we know to be grounded in time-tested truths that are both good for you and for humanity. We made the show with our loved ones in mind and are extremely careful not to share false information with those that we care about. It took years before we finally felt comfortable enough to share this information. Years of studying looking for our blind spots because the shame and guilt of misleading people would be too much to bear. And we wouldn't have made the show if we thought there was any other way to protect ourselves from a new powerful disruptive technology that, like gunpowder, will continue to be adopted no matter what the talking heads on TV say. There is an ocean of misinformation surrounding this new technology, and in our experience of being completely immersed in it for years, we can reliably say that almost everything you know about it is wrong. We'd never expect you to blindly believe us. We welcome pushback and skepticism, but just be sure to leave room for us being right. We will make a strong case throughout these episodes and trust that you will arrive at your own conclusions. A healthy mix of skepticism and open-mindedness is required to fully understand. We will give resources and offer all the information we used to shape our perspective and encourage you to fact-check us and always to do your own research. The challenging part when exploring the subject is the number of people sharing incorrect information. Whether or not it's intentional doesn't matter. It results in the same outcome for countless people. Their hard-earned money vanishing, followed by the realization that they've been deceived. It's a devastating realization to have, so you must be cautious with who you put your trust into, which is a universal rule to follow in this life, but especially in this arena. So, who are we? We're just two average people enjoying life, working and trying to navigate the world as best we can. We value honesty, integrity, hard work, justice, and personal responsibility. But it shouldn't matter who we are. Only the information and the ideas that we are presenting should matter. To put it bluntly, we are nobodies, but that's okay. We are about to share some quotes from people who are not nobodies and will begin to reveal what it is this innovation is. Feel free to verify these claims and to see for yourself if what we are presenting is accurate. All of the information we are sharing is available and online for free, accessible to all. Famous names like Elon Musk have called this innovation brilliant. Founder of Twitter and Square, Jack Dorsey, said that there is, quote, nothing more important in my lifetime to work on, end quote. Longest tenured tech CEO in the United States, Michael Saylor of MicroStrategy, said that this innovation is an ethical imperative that will help all 8 billion people secure a better future for themselves. Larry Fink, CEO of BlackRock, the world's largest investment company, called it hope and an international asset that is digitizing gold. Ray Dalio, founder of the world's largest hedge fund, 
Bridgewater Associates, said in a conference that this innovation's greatest risk is its success, and that he'd rather own this innovation over a government bond. Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak considers it mathematical purity and believes that it cannot be duplicated or copied. Fidelity Investment, a top-five investment firm, said in a report in 2022 that it's no longer prudent for institutions to ignore this innovation. Other notable names that have publicly endorsed this innovation include Stanley Druckenmiller, Bill Miller, Paul Tudor Jones, Alan Howard, and many, many more. We are sharing these quotes to add legitimacy to the thesis that this new innovation is clearly gaining adoption. These institutions in big names hold major weight and are serious players on a global scale. It doesn't mean that we mindlessly believe everything they say, but realizing the bigger picture is what we are focusing on. The chorus of credible names embracing this new innovation have been steadily increasing for over a decade now, and the big question everyone should ask is if this trend will continue. Okay, now for the grand reveal. Sorry for dragging you along, but it's essential to set the scene a bit before saying what this show is about, due to preconceived ideas that most have about it. The world-changing innovation that we are referring to is Bitcoin. Bitcoin? This word likely triggers an initial reaction upon hearing it, but for your own sake, give us a chance to explain. Bitcoin is rapidly becoming understood as a powerful digital age forcing function just as gunpowder was long ago. A sort of digital passport to the 21st century, and the only requirement to gain access is some humility, curiosity, and effort. In the name of making things as simple and easy to understand as possible, we want to state a few foundational pillars of the show going forward. The first pillar is that we are not going to discuss any of the 25,000 other cryptocurrencies that currently exist. Only Bitcoin. The reason is more important than we can express right now. Just know that you'll save a ton of time and energy if you solely focus on studying Bitcoin and why it's truly unique compared to everything else. Anyone that treats Bitcoin the same as all the other cryptocurrencies is making a grave mistake and is demonstrating a lack of understanding of what makes a money secure and reliable, which is its primary source of value. The second pillar is Bitcoin is not just a new way to transact and make payments between people. It's a new form of money, meaning it's not competing against Visa, MasterCard, or Venmo. It's competing against the hundreds of government fiat currencies and is already a top 20 currency in total value. Bitcoin is unique compared to all other currencies because it has no central authority controlling its issuance. No small group of people can change the rules or decide who can use it. This may initially sound unsettling, but realize that it's identical to gold in this sense. Bitcoin is simply a way for people to transact between one another without a middleman. It's what's called peer-to-peer, or P2P for short. When you send someone money through Venmo or a bank, you are relying on a middleman to grant you permission to transact. Bitcoin removes the middleman entirely. The term to describe this is permissionless, meaning one doesn't have to ask permission in order to transact, or even worry about being censored or denied access for any reason. Bitcoin cannot discriminate. It is simply and profoundly free and open for anyone to use. The third pillar is we will not discuss any trading strategies on the show. No technical analysis of price movements or short-term predictions. Contrary to what you might have heard, buying and selling Bitcoin is not the winning strategy. If you run the numbers, 
you'll see that the winning strategy is simply buying and holding Bitcoin, not trying to time the market by attempting to buy low and sell high. Bitcoin is a new savings technology, not a get-rich-quick scheme. The fourth pillar is that Bitcoin is an open-source protocol with a design similar to the internet, with no central point of failure or vulnerability, making it extremely robust and hard to kill. It would require a global crackdown on millions of computers in all corners of the globe to even have a chance at killing Bitcoin. This is why it's earned the nickname, the honey badger of money. Governments have and will continue attempting to ban Bitcoin, but Bitcoin just doesn't care, operating with 100% uptime for over a decade. Realize that China has tried to ban Bitcoin nearly a dozen times, and yet it continues to proliferate within their borders. The fifth pillar is that money is and always has been in constant competition with other monies. Certain monies have better properties than other monies, like scarcity and portability, and if it's easy to verify the authenticity. Monetary historians refer to good forms of money as hard money and bad forms as soft money. The best way to illustrate the difference between hard and soft money is by looking at why gold was the most widely used money throughout history instead of any other precious metal or mineral. Gold has better properties that make it more suitable to serve the role of money over, let's say, copper or aluminum, salt or beads, all of which have been used as money at one point, but were outcompeted by the harder money. As we'll explore, and the main reason we made this show, is the consequences of not storing your savings in a hard money can be disastrous, and history is full of examples of this. The sixth pillar is that we can share everything we've learned about Bitcoin, all of the books, articles, podcasts, videos, and presentations, but we can't make you understand Bitcoin. That responsibility falls on you and you alone. As the saying goes, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So our goal is to make the horse thirsty so that they willingly drink. Continue listening to the show, and you'll indeed become parched. The seventh and final pillar of the show is that savings is an undeniable good. It's perfectly reasonable to, quote, hoard money, end quote, as it secures you and your family's well-being. Savings offers peace of mind from potential unknown emergencies, like a surprise surgery or a car wreck, or any other conceivable emergency. Being able to save money is foundational to human flourishing and improvement. Bitcoin is incorrectly seen as a speculative gamble by the great majority of people, but to the rapidly growing global Bitcoin community, it's simply the ultimate tool for safely storing one's savings. This may be hard to digest right now, but it will make sense as you progress through this show. Millions of Bitcoiners see it as the safest, most conservative choice on the planet because it's known for sure that the Bitcoin cannot be debased or diluted or printed, which would lessen its value. Realize that the US dollar has lost nearly 98% of its purchasing power over the last 100 years due to the printing of more dollars, and every other government currency is even worse off than the dollar. This cannot happen to Bitcoin. The ultimate scarcity is something that cannot be created out of thin air and is impossible to produce more of, which is what any sensible person would want to save their hard-earned savings in. Obviously, the volatility of Bitcoin is a huge concern for people new to this, and we'll explain how to handle it in the coming episodes. If you leave with one takeaway from this introduction, let it be this. 100% of people who have held Bitcoin for more than four years 
have made money when choosing to store their savings in Bitcoin. That means when you zoom out and you look past the dramatic headlines of Bitcoin crashing, you'll see something that is rapidly growing and being used as a neutral, censorship-resistant money across the planet. As Michael Saylor points out, quote, Stability is stagnation. Volatility is vitality. Living things are volatile. It's a Jedi mind trick to convince you that you should be afraid of volatility. Bitcoin has appreciated on average 200% a year for over a decade, end quote. Bitcoin is a savings account available to anyone on the planet with a phone, which to the billions of people that don't have access to bank accounts is a godsend. Bitcoin has been the number one performing asset in seven of the last 10 years, and it doesn't discriminate or exclude anyone. People of all nations, of all beliefs and customs, can access Bitcoin, and they cannot be kicked off or censored for any reason. Nothing has appreciated in price more than Bitcoin in human history. That's not exaggeration. This means that the headlines about Bitcoin crashing and dying are missing the big picture, which will prove to be a very costly mistake in hindsight. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at weightsam at outlook.com. We respond to everyone. Or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, at WAMPODFTW. And please say hello when you do. We love feedback and are always looking for ways to improve the show and connect with our valued listeners. And please feel free to share this show, as we want to alert as many people as possible to this pressing matter. Now, let us continue, where we will explore the who, what, where, when, and why of Bitcoin. It's a marvelously interesting story. One that is both wildly captivating and consequential. Thank you for tuning in.